Welcome to Sample Size Podcast. My name is Noelle, and I'm here with my co-host, Stone. That's me. And we're your one-size-fits-all podcast for fashion and creative culture. On today's episode, we're opening another case of Sample Size Investigations. And this time, we're taking on the big, bad, cheaply made wolf, Sheehan. First, we're going to get into the monster retailer's latest round of thievery, their new TV show, and why they never may be held accountable for their impact on the industry. Then don't forget to tune in in two weeks as we decide who's really responsible for the prevalence of fast fashion. Don't forget to review and share. Now let's get into it. And we're back. Hey, 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 Noel. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired, but good. Why are you so tired? Uh, I've had family over for the last week, so... Mm, so you're tired of family, understandable. <laughs> no, just, like, i am just been out more than I usually am. So, oh. like, it's, like, I'm happy to have, like, seen them and, like, spend a bunch of time with my cousin's stuff, but, like, uh, I want to go to sleep for three days straight. Where are they visiting from? Florida. Florida? Oh. Yeah. You sh- were they tested before they came here? Huh? <laughs> were they tested for COVID? Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, 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 and they're vaxxed and all that. Yeah, they're not like, like, like. Real Florida people. They're not central Floridians. Oh, okay, because, yeah, Florida, <laughs> Florida, they, they are a bunch Wild. of Wild, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they're from Florida, but they, uh, like, my cousin and his wife live in Atlanta. Oh, okay, Which okay. also is another hot spot, yeah, so that doesn't really help. Yeah, any better, but. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> no, I got you, I got you, I try to shoot um that's yeah. good that's good how are you um i'm okay i'm okay i'm feeling rested today um that's good i had two off days today in terms of like i was off of work so that helped not mm-hmm. as stressed as i normally am um but yeah you know we're up early on a saturday but you know yeah. I'm, I'm feeling better feeling better than normal good that's yeah. good yeah in progress yeah any any news happen other than family coming or Mm-mm. that's been taking up most of my time honestly yeah. playing tour guide and yeah i see it too you've been gone all you've been torn all over manhattan on your social which is well yeah i discovered the the beauty of co-working spaces mm-hmm. um my job uses this app where it's called desk Pass. basically it's like airbnb but for co-working spaces mm-hmm. so uh, yeah like i'm not gonna do a co-working space in the bronx i live there <laughs> what's wrong with the bronx? why the fuck would i <laughs> why would i do that i could just stay in my apartment <laughs> so i've been yeah just out in soho looking at all of the straight men take pictures outside of People. stadium goods oh okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> why you hate no hate why niggas love taking pictures you're like y'all don't even buy nothing y'all just take pictures outside of stadium most goods. of the time they probably tra- people not from new york so they gotta show that they're outside in soho and like oh yeah that's true probably yeah. so it's like you know you gotta make sure that people know i'm in soho take you gotta take a picture Just, in front of stadium you gotta take pictures in front of flight club or yeah, or yeah. um supreme yeah that's how people are gonna know oh look at him he's cool so weird <laughs> like yeah like i just never understood like and it's not even just in soho just the thing and like with fashion people and like fashion content creators just going to the outside or inside of a store to do a photo shoot and not buy anything like do you have no shame i mean have you ever like browsed on social media that's like and that's what i'm saying I, like it's so cringe to me and it's it's cringe to me online and it's even more cringe to see in real life you, you gotta you gotta um what is it called like 
I can't forget the, you gotta make sure everybody thinks you're living a certain life so you know right that's why certain people you know it was crazy to me and on random just, but I just thought about it when I found out that some people who post like the 10,000 bags of stuff when they get from like Dior you can buy the money back yeah I didn't even know yeah. that. I was like whoa oh I knew that yeah, you can yeah. tell because they're always they're never like cause those bags change like seasonally yeah and it's never like oh. the correct season Oh, right. I didn't like, even think about gotta, the seasonal aspect. I be putting two and together and getting five. Niggas be getting me, man. I don't know. No, That's why I, I, I try believe, to stay off of social I don't media. Believe man. A goddamn thing. I believe. Yeah, on I don't. Social I don't media believe anymore. in social media, man. That's why I told y'all. I, well, I told my close friend, close friends that I am planning on becoming a gentrified <laughs> New York TikToker. I have a day in my life video edited. So <laughs> if y'all are dumb enough to believe that I live like that on a daily basis, that's on you. Nah, yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm always back and forth. For social media because like as a creator and a creative i know that social uh like social media is important in terms of like growing your audience and whatnot yeah. but like as a like my personal beliefs and like you know just trying to maintain my happiness is like oh no i don't want to be on social media that's why yeah. the one app that i love and i'm always on the time is on i'm always on is twitter because nobody is there for like the falsities it's always you, about you just, can't curate your existence exactly it's all about bullshit yeah. and making jokes you know people be trolling of course you're gonna see people say some outlandish marks but that that's what's part of of why i love twitter it's just like i get to just chat it's like you know my yeah. mini journal of like semi filtered thoughts that i want to share i think that's why like the people i gravitate towards on social media are like the people ju- that just do like stream of consciousness yeah and like are just bla- like very transparent about their lives and like i want like i aspire to be like that level of just screaming into the void yeah and that's i'm into I- that and people have made that into like profitable social media careers but i wouldn't say like they're influencers yeah yeah and that's what i'm trying to like make my ig like i just want it to be just a whatever i want to post not even trying to like you know i need to post my like my latest work i need to post my freshest fit you know yeah. especially now that uh you can not hide the likes or whatnot because but you don't see the likes now yeah. it does it does everything looks the same now so it's like even when i get like you know my my posts were like 20 likes versus like you know 100 or something i, I never was like uh i don't have like a big following to begin with because yeah. i'm a guy and like i don't get the thirsties but uh it's just like thirsty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you know you, you know, part of the reason why girls usually have higher follow counts yeah. is because niggas just go follow just for thirsty. They don't even yeah, like what course. you're promoting. Of course. It's, they don't care. <laughs> yeah. okay. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh look, she's course, cute. Let me course, follow her. Of course, of course. Of course. Me, and then me with that too. And that's like, the easiest way as a girl on social media to build your following too. So easy. It, it is just like uh, I wish I could do that. I really have to put effort into my thing. Not saying that people girls on social media don't put effort because girls put more effort than any guy. Yeah. But if case. you choose to get away with with like just doing the bare minimum you absolutely can yeah. if you want to yeah. i feel that <laughs> i do kind of just like like i don't know i get i guess being out this week made me realize like okay those like lives that people are living on tiktok are like not as inaccessible as you think mm-hmm. like it's just, it's so easy to like go to such and such bar in soho or do this on the lower east side like the shit that y'all be talking about is not even that exclusive y'all just are you have a this your skill is being make, able to make it yeah, look yeah, a certain way so yeah. once i figure that shit out <laughs> it's clip make it seem bitches. like oh look at what i discovered you you discovered right uh, <laughs> mr purple like everybody fucking like uh, come on yeah, like it's like, not even that serious like, this is everybody goes to chinatown everybody's been a show bro like, <laughs> we know all these spots they be swearing they know the spotty but, spots no but you really hit it on the nail it's all about making it seem like 
it's exclusive to like something that no a lot of people can't yeah because you got to think about it, social media brings people from all over the world to like yeah. wherever you want to put them so they they don't if they're not from there they don't know yeah. like they don't know like oh wait you could just take a bus there you don't even like you know i yeah, got a guest pass to um why'd you get a guest pass you, you can just walk, you can just walk <laughs> exactly yo that's crazy i literally went to one of these one of those types of bars on the on the lower east side this week mm-hmm. where i like the type of environment was you would have thought that like it had a crazy cover or you had to be on somebody's list like no me and my cousins literally just went there yeah <laughs> took the elevator up to the rooftop it's not that serious yeah, like so, so yeah it's definitely working about curating but at the same time i like i'm too like i try to be too authentic too real i can't i can't i can't live like a life that i i don't know that i'm that i don't i don't know i'm not gonna lie i had fun this week though oh, so i can God. like so living a i lot can is see fun. it for me and i feel like out of the the content creators that like make those like romanticized new york city tiktoks mm-hmm. i don't see a lot of black girls that aren't already like in the fashion industry take like that niche asap exactly <laughs> i'm about to i'm about to say like no, for real. That's about to be my niche. Like, have can you think of any plus size influencer or creator that does that? I really can't think of it. No, nah, I don't know. They're too busy doing she and hauls. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> smooth transition. <laughs> Definitely smooth criminal. I'm so, really uh, yeah. Now that we got that out the way. Uh, uh, we don't have any news topics this week. Everything that happened no. this week wasn't we didn't think was newsworthy. Yeah. And you know we're still on a Kanye West band, so we can't even talk about whatever he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kanye moratorium. Yeah, yeah. So it's nothing. We can't even like take the easy subjects to like give you some news topic. But and as a result, we do have a special episode laid out today. It's yes. very, very interesting we to, to say. Devote all of our time to this because once again we are opening a sample size investigation case yeah so let's cue the music so we we decided to bring back uh detective big benson and stapler you already know stapler 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 i mean i mean stapler i know i know I said not disrespect him. Those, no, I said Stabler. Those white people are the only cops I trust. I don't even trust. Uh, I trust. I trust I Olivia trust Benson. Benson. Yeah, but I don't trust Stable all the way. He's too, what was wrong he's with Stable? Was he the one with the anger issue? Yeah, no, is. that was the Spanish guy. Spanish it was a little Italian-y Spanish guy. The like the little guy from Stable got issues as well. No, it was the nigga from Long Island. Okay. The spicy white. I haven't watched all their recent Real seasons. Real Law and Order fans know what I'm talking about. It was not a recent season. No, I know who you're talking about. I'm just oh, saying, okay, but okay, I don't okay. remember him being angry. Yeah, he... Ha- Never mind. Yeah, he definitely no, shot an unarmed <laughs> black kid, but that's fine. <laughs> no problem. Um, okay. So who are we bring it to uh, to the defendant case or prosec- we are we're the prosecution. I mean, we are both the police officers and the judge, jury, and executioners yeah, yeah, yeah. in this, this is, court this is, of this is definitely not a democracy. Law. This is really not a court of law. It's really a tyranny. Tyranny. Yeah, but <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, so we decided to take on the, you know, the biggest bad guy, mm-hmm. the top honcho. Mm-hmm. We decided to discuss Sheehan. Yes. And do Sheehan. a two episode deep dive because honestly, like when I started first researching this episode, it was just 
the amount of information on this company not even fast fashion in general but this just one company in particular it's like overwhelming yeah because they literally took over the space like they're they're they sell <laughs> yeah. more clothes than amazon sells things absolutely so that's crazy to me like yeah how- <laughs> So what we decided to do is uh, originally we were going to base this episode around the uh, recent case of Shein stealing from knitwear designer Bradley Prado. But we decided to break it up into kind of two more focused episodes where this episode we're going to discuss like Shein as an actual business and then why unfortunately designers are kind of fucked when it comes to protecting their intellectual property and how Sheehan really like adopted and changed their business in order to essentially be this unstoppable monster like I'm not gonna lie Sheehan is pretty unstoppable yeah Um, the craziest thing is they're based out in China too so like yeah (laughs) so Tone is gonna kind of act as the uh what the jury uh, yeah the jury yes the jury in and this you're gonna in be this? prosecution in the first. yeah well you you're you're the jury but then you're also the opposing lawyer because like you can ask the questions yeah, I'm a, too i'm gonna play devil's advocate today guys not even devil's advocate because I, there's no advocating on my side she and is <laughs> is full of shit no 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 For certain, that's what i'm trying to say so i have to play devil's advocate i have to be the person like you know what actually well you know. actually we're gonna we're gonna save the devil's advocacy for next episode okay. when we talk about fast fashion like as a whole but we're gonna try to stay really focused to like yeah. the legalities on this one yeah Alrighty, so with that being said, let's get into the background on Miss Sheehan. Yes. So originally it was launched in 2008. As many of you will know, it is a Chinese company. Um, it was originally called She Inside, which is crazy because I I remember that. Really? Yeah. I never heard of She Inside. I, or I remember she it like around like when I was ago. on uh, when I was on Tumblr. Maybe oh, like okay. eight, seven yeah, years ago. I got ago. into Tumblr like super late. Yeah, no, I remember because you could. It was like super cheap clothes with no shipping costs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually started out as selling wedding dresses only. Um, and it's just and it expanded into women's fashion geared towards English speaking shoppers. So first fact is Shein is actually not po- is not as po- is not popular in China because it's not profitable for them to ship out to Chinese customers, which we will get into later what? on. But aren't they based in China? How would it be? They, trust me, Shein, every single legal loophole and like every tricky whatever they did legally to set up this company to give it the business advantages as, as they have, mm-hmm. like it was extremely intentional. Like there's intentional reasons why they don't service Chinese consumers. Oh, wow. I'm interested to find out. Yeah. That's very interesting to me. So the CEO is Chris. You, I believe. That you. Yeah. yeah, I believe so. He is from the Chinese province of Nanjing. And he was actually a basically like a marketing and branding genius who specialized in SEO and brand marketing. So shout out to him. That is what I do in my nine to five. Okay, so you're the next. You're gonna create the next Shein. Is that what you're telling no, me? No, because I'm not an evil genius. Honestly, I don't know, I, man. We need I to get money. The, we need to get money. I, I don't know, but like this is like this is like DC Universe, like <laughs> evil genius level of thinking. I don't know if I'm up there yet. I'm be quite honest. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so basically this dude ha- is just a business genius, mm-hmm. has no interest in fashion, no interest in clothes, nothing like that, doesn't do interviews. First red flag. Go yeah, doesn't do English interviews, refuses to have like a huge media presence. All we know about him is basically that he is just this business genius that was very ahead of the time, out of ahead of his time when it comes to brand and also influencer marketing. Mm, okay, okay, okay. So the way Sheehan actually produces or started producing their items and how they formed as a business was actually really interesting. So basically up until 2014, Sheen was not involved in any of its manufacturing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, which means it's basically, it, it basically operated as a drop shipping retailer. So what y'all been doing with your boutiques when you buy mm. vendor lists and Come shit? On, we focus on Sheen. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm right. Wrong. I'm not. I, I, when we move on i will move on but yes we are on to you it, but it's essentially it's the same business model where because they were also located in china they're located in the wholesaling clothing market in gong swao gong go zoo uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm gonna go with that i can't i can't argue i don't I, know what it's pronounced i apologize to I, yeah our, i should have put um, the phonetic spellings on this but i, I forgot my apologies our chinese listeners if we mispronounce any locations yeah please write us in on how to pronounce so we know for better next time but yes but they were go, actually located in that clothing market mm-hmm. so um basically it's where all of the majority of the chinese garment factories are and it was just extremely centralized for the business so they were able to develop relationships with manufacturers really easy even more easily obviously than u.s companies are able to so question for you on average how many styles do you think Shein adds to their site on a daily basis all right so I sort of know this answer because funny enough, I, I, I was, and it's not, and the way I know this answer mm-hmm. is because I listened to uh, Robin Hood Snacks. Shout out to them. It's a like a podcast, yep. obviously about stocks, and they yeah, were talking yeah, about yeah. Shein one time. So I want to say the answer is between ten to twenty per day. That's along along those lines. Am I right? What? Am I wrong? Absolutely not. Oh. Sheen adds on average a thousand Yikes. styles a okay, day. Okay, maybe. <laughs> maybe yeah, I so I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Uh, damn, I was so confident too. <laughs> I swear, I was, I was about to get the answer right. No, <laughs> and in comparison, Misguided and Fashion Nova typically do around a thousand a week. Oh wow, a thousand they do a day. A thousand a day. So many, I, okay, uh, just a little background on me. I've never visited Sheen in my in my life. Like even for like shopping. Okay. For my fast fashion um, websites, it's usually ASOS, just because I I don't know I, yeah. I tend to fuck with ASOS modes and yeah, you know yeah, all the too. Sheens and all the Miss Goddess tend to be more uh, female or woman centric. So it's yeah. like okay, I, I I never really thought to look. And I, I think, think they added they men. Sheen and Misguided added men stuff like within the last three years or so. Okay, maybe I'll check it out, but no, maybe I won't even check it out. I mean, if I'm trying to save some dollars, because I. I even though we're about to cut ass about fast fashion, they be talking about how oh, y'all be saving dollars. I'll be of course, intrigued. I mean, <laughs> obviously there there's a necessity for clothing at that price point, but like, if you want anything that's gonna last, yeah, more that's than what two I was washes, saying. It's not, it's not even because even majority of the stuff I wear that is considered not necessarily high quality, but medium quality. It doesn't last. I'm just too. Yeah, at least ASOS is gonna last a you a year. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm you still can get a, a, a solid ten months out of ASOS clothes. That's but. so crazy to me. How I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of how like. 
how they don't even care about how long it lasts. They just want to. No, they just want you to spend that little ten twenty dollars. Not. It is called ultra fast fashion technically it's called ultra fast fashion there's different categories to this shit sure. there are levels to this shit yeah I, you're about to enlighten me because i didn't even know but uh yeah i'll let you continue the story that you yeah <laughs> so upon their uh path to uh glory and destruction in 2015 sheehan glory acquires romway what's that do you oh so you don't remember romway romway was was sheehan before what Sheehan became really it was tumble age so this was i was maybe yeah. a high school yeah, see, I was senior a... i want to say no 2015 or was that are you saying before no i heard about i'm, I'm oh, talking okay. about the first <laughs> okay. time i heard of like she inside and romway okay. was like okay, when okay, i was gotcha. a high school senior okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. so 2014 ish okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. and then 2015 they acquire romway which makes sense because romway was like doing the sim a similar thing mm -hmm. very similar clothing it was like when when did you get on tumblr i want to say like maybe like two years before it, yahoo bought it oh damn you were late as yeah, fuck yeah that's what i was trying to say just because i don't know tum i mean i don't know i don't know why i was so late to tumblr i guess because like it was just so i don't know i, I, I mean I, honestly, it's crazy because uh, especially how much photography fruit that's the photography thing I didn't, stuff remember i tumblr. didn't get into photography late I didn't get into like you know, relatively. Right. I would say 2017. Right, 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 right. So, right. so it's not like I always had it. Not, I, I, it's not that I, I was disinterested, but yeah. I never really was like I never explored my creative because for me, my my side hustle was sports right. or like I was invested in sports at that time. Yeah. But then you know I turned out to be a bum, not be able to go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play varsity or whatever or, or, or like um in college or whatnot. So then I had to like you know what can I do with all this free time that I have. Okay, so as we're saying, 2015, She Inside purchases Romway. Mm -hmm. She Inside becomes She In. And then Christopher, the CEO, decides to double down on the influencer efforts. Well, not double down, really start influencer efforts. So this very is around quickly. 2015, you said? Yes. And they also were at the 2015, they also acquire Romway's supply chain in the deal, which means now they have the mm -hmm. capability to manufacture things. Mm -hmm. So. Basically, Shein has a crazy competitor advantage because one, they are located in the same district as, as the, the mm -hmm. manufacturers, and they also have really robust software technology that allows to manufacture yeah. items like in three days. Because that's what I said. Isn't that isn't that really what it is? Is that algorithm or whatever they have that is yeah. like okay what are people into exactly and, and then it's like um as soon as they figure out what people into they send it to their manufacturer because yep. i i think in the same podcast hopefully there is real information yeah let's see if this is correct is that is that they uh so like the algorithm tells the manufacturer what to make and like the manufacturer yeah. they don't even like have any say in what they're gonna make it's just no. like whatever the algorithm says they have to start it making it as quickly as possible so also, unlike a lot of their uh, competitors, Romway, Romway, wow, Shein doesn't actually use were... one gigantic manufacturer. Mm -hmm. They use a ton of small to medium ones. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy for them to specialize and break down what's being made. So, for example, like if you are the manu manufacturer of like a midsize, um, uh, if you're the owner of like a midsize manufacturing facility you'll literally just get like a text message saying okay beep beep algorithm says make 300 <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> of these shirts that go that went viral last wednesday mm. and then you know wednesday thursday friday it'll be on the website by saturday 
so that's like it's just the combination of their their software and then their location just makes them really unbeatable even in comparison to like your fashion novas and your misguideds which are based in the u.s and the uk i believe mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's the basic business profile on Shein. there's also like a ton more you know a lot of speculation about their uh like not economic but environmental impacts and also child labor stuff but Mm -hmm. the child labor stuff i was looking into it it's actually not verified by any sources not saying that like they didn't do it but Mm -hmm. like there's no mm, there's just not a lot of transparency in china about this industry right and that's part of the negatives of like fashion and all that fast fashion things yes all that child labor so any general questions about Shein as a company before we get into the specific instance of thievery uh no not really i think we set the pace to really understand them um they're a fast fashion um brand obviously the fastest to our degree is really based on technology so are they really a technology company who knows um they really they're really an ad company an ad company do that's they make a lot they, of money from ads that's what well that's that's they are an information and advertisement agency they're what? like okay now i'm really confused so one of their biggest competitive advantages is the fact that they have extremely robust search engine marketing so like if you search up anything like any literally search up color like a single color and then an item of clothing guaranteed that one of the first results if not the first two results are going to be from Shein. so for example look up uh i'm on google right now Uh blue cross halter top cross halter h-a-l-t-e-r yeah okay look at that i spelled the right on live so y'all can't even think i'm stupid (laughs) Hit search. What are the, <laughs> the first four? Are she and she and she and they're six dollars. Six dollars. God damn. I'm telling you. Six dollars. And as that's a, how much I've been spending on clothes. As a person. Six dollars. As a person who like builds Google Shopping and search feeds for a living, the fact that you can do this with like any color, any type of shirt, any type of anything, and Shein is going to show up. That is literally like tens of of 20s of million dollars in ad spend that they're like expending like probably on a monthly basis it's probably like a million dollar monthly google ad budget that's crazy it is fucking nuts and it's literally pants sneakers anything they're they're yeah the the their fucking marketing and ad expenses must be astronomical I put bell bottoms. Uh, no Shein. No Shein. Yeah, surprisingly. Uh, I guess they don't sell bell bottoms. Or is do like bell wi- bottoms are wide not in leg stock. jeans? Huh? Do like wide leg women's jeans? Wide. I just put wide leg jeans. Let's see. It's more the fancy stuff. So I guess they don't do like the fancy stuff. They do like the what was in trend i gotta figure out what's trending yeah so like whatever tiktok dress i'm sure if you google tiktok dress (laughs) it would pop up yeah for certain but that's crazy yeah so that's pretty much all you need to know about shein for our 
intents and purposes. So what we're going to do next is we're going to go into the case of Sheehan versus Bailey Prado. Yeah, you were telling me about this and I just thought it was super crazy. Yeah, this is this is actually like a really upsetting instance of once again Sheehan getting away from stealing from a really small designer, which I feel like the shift that we've seen over the, the past year is instead of fast fashion uh, retailers stealing from like popular huge designers it's just getting more small and small like nichers right. yeah because that's what's going viral on social media people are more which is which is i guess is a sign of a good thing like people are more invested in what smaller small designers are doing designer. yeah but um yeah so just more and more we're seeing them take from people who really cannot defend themselves and that is the case basically of what happened to independent designer bailey prado um, she started calling out Shein for stealing up to 45 of her designs. And mm -hmm. it really went viral when uh, the Scooby-Doo gang of fashion diet Prada posted about it on their page. So uh, a quote from Prado saying um, she was interviewed for days because of this says that I actually found out because one of my followers sent me a screenshot of a design that she recognizes mine. She sent me a link to their newest products and I was scrolling through. I started to realize that this was an entire collection that they had directly copied from my ideas. So that fucking sucks. And it really like bothered me because um all of her clothes are like hand knitted mm -hmm. and they're really beautiful they're really intricate and i know how much time it probably takes to like make one of those dresses or one of those skirts and she usually sells her items from anywhere between 95 and 300 dollars and all of them on Shein were listed for 20 dollars or less yeah that just sucks and then just and then it's not even like, yeah, they stole it and then now they're devaluing it, right? It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't think it's worth that much. Now people, now you're going to get like somebody that's going to see her designs like, you know what? I don't even think I want to pay that much because I get yeah. the same thing for Shein and now they're like, oh no. like, And then it just devalues everything. It that's sucks. And then it's like, if even if someone doesn't buy it from, from Shein mm -hmm. or like, like you said, like if they go to someone else's knitted outfit sites, they'll start shitting on that person because they saw it on Shein for $9. So why aren't you tra are charging exactly. $9 for something that probably took 20 hours to make? Even probably more than that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, just really, really shitty. And if you look at like the uh, comparison, like slideshow on Diet Prada, like you can just tell that they made it out of like the cheapest, yeah. shittiest fabric. And like, speaking about that too, like what really got me is like not even the fact that they stole it because it's one thing to steal and then just put it on your website, but they yeah. have like models modeling it. Yeah, that's really wild to me. It's so that's like, another thing that we, we didn't really we didn't really get into just for the sake of time. But Shein has intentionally been improving their like e-commerce and product photography and they started like different product lines like they have Shein motif which is supposed to be their like high-end mm -hmm. collection so it's not just like a shitty stock image of whatever they stole it's like a and done in a studio with yeah. real models and hair and makeup and wardrobe styling. So they they are it's it's really fucked up. And then I can't even be mad at the model because just like you don't like because you're like oh this brand is paying me X amount of money to model. Yeah, what are you gonna do as a model? Turn down a gig? Yeah, like, I mean you could, but yeah, but it's like 
if you if you don't have that comfortability of security to turn down any opportunity again, it's just right. like fuck. And then now you like, and I know they're probably not even paying them well either. No, probably not. To be honest, it's just like yeah, we're gonna have you in the studio and you're gonna model everything. Yeah, so it's just it's just really insidious and it's getting out of hand and again we've seen this time and time again like i'm not even going to waste my time like listing how many times they've been called out for this but definitely check out the post on diet prada to look and at on the donna's page too her name is bailey oh yeah prado, bailey, prado. so definitely check it that's how you spell so b-a-i-l-e-y p-r-a-d-o follower to support check yeah. out the you know be nosy but definitely follow her because you know she the the designs they really stole and up. In her, and they're the and not even in their defense, but like there are some nice there are some nice. I am playing devil ever here. There are some nice designs. You know, I might want to still. I would want to still something. Yeah, but it's a like also like so people who I understand people who shop out of uh, who shop at Shein and websites like Shein out of necessity. And like when we're critiquing consumers of Shein, like I'm not talking about the people who are shopping out of economic necessity. I'm never like mm-hmm. disparaging people for those types of decisions. I'm talking about the bitches who can afford other shit and choose to still shop at Shein. Do you not feel weird like walking around in that cheap ass material because it looks cheap on the website. Mm-hmm. And I know maybe people don't might not all have like an eye for like textiles and like how stuff is going to hold up after a couple of months of wear but like especially looking in comparison to bailey's the real products Mm -hmm. it looks awful yeah so i just i don't get it like uh i don't i don't know um (laughs) yeah that's why we're going to be dedicating a whole other episode to trying to figure out who should like bear the responsibility of fast fashion because at the end of the day like we can yell at Shein all we want yeah but buying y'all it. buying it so yeah 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 so as we go <laughs> um i mean amid the controversy because of course it, this uh went super super viral and people were being pissed at Shein as we do every uh quarter <laughs> Shein decided to announce their new four-part reality tv scripted somewhat series which between which begins on august 22nd and will be available to stream on Shein's app and social media platforms this will be a competition to commit to cup a comp wow <laughs> all the words are being asked this will be a competition to win a hundred thousand dollars and will feature a star-studded panel of five judges including christian siriano law roach and chloe Thal kardashian all right so my initial thought is what the fuck <laughs> i was i was like is this a joke like only because I was, like confused Sheen is Sheen and then these names are people Yo. with credibility I would, Yo. I would you would think that they would care about their credibility I mean of course Khloe Kardashian she'll do anything that you know throws money at her but like La Roach yeah, are you dead a, ass serious the, the bag must have been from it that's the Bro. literally the only way cause it's not like I'm, it's not Christian even like Ciarano, Christian so Christian Ciarano won um uh, project runway and he's like one of the only project runway designers that have like a real respected career now like 
It's crazy. It, it, it had to be that because it's like it's not even like Laura Roach is working with anybody that's like a Shein model, right? Because everybody's fashion no! over. Everybody's when was the last a, time you seen Zendaya no, and Shein? That's what I'm trying to say. Even like even if it was is like fashion, if this was fashion over, it would sort of sort of make more sense, but not even. But still, it's just not like, even because Law Roach does not work with the baddie community. That's what I'm trying to say. It, so none of like literally on every single level. All right, let None me put you on the spot. Let me put you on the spot. How much do you think they offered him to? <laughs> it had to be millions. Yeah, it had to be millions. For a four part four part series, starts August and September. He's acting as a judge, probably some type of like probably has like some type of like mentor, you know, responsibilities too. Got to be in the millions. Yeah, so because I would imagine Chloe's is in the millions too. Million or more than a million? Like it has to be like. Are you saying it's, it's in a million Chloe, range or a two million range? I think Chloe, Christian Siriano, and La Roach got in the millions, and the other uh, two judges, I believe, one is the editor of InStyle, and the other one is some girl boss, Gaskate Gate Gatelight, Gatelight, Gatelight. <laughs> wow, no, uh, the other person is some girl boss. Um, they were probably. Uh, Six uh, upper six figures, I mm -hmm. want to say, but I think those three that we mentioned definitely got in millions. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I wouldn't even want to associate my even me as a brokey. <laughs> I would not, like even I've I've literally turned down Shein YouTube sponsorship emails just because like I I can't that I can't so crazy it's so bad and I talk about this. Ooh, I don't know if I should say the name. No, mute the name. There's there's a company. There we go uh that so in theory it's a really good idea it's it's a company that provides that pays content creators to try on clothes so they are there's like a video directory of how things fit and they give you like a hundred dollar stipend to make like a hundred review videos hundred dollars for a hundred review that sounds like and slavery. the way they justify it is that they recommend that you purchase your clothes from shein that's slavery it's literally slavery how do you pay like, me like why would you i saw that email and i ooh, what? they're not gonna listen no, to no. it I'm, uh, okay so i'll tell you what it is i saw that email i was like yeah send me the hundred dollars and then i blocked them on everything <laughs> I was not doing that shit. I was not doing that shit. I, Are you fucking crazy? Wait, so the, like, so it's a hundred, and that's the only pay you receive for the entirety of everything. I'm forget. I think it was like a hundred dollars up front to like do your shopping spree, your shopping spree, and then every time you posted a review, you got like two dollars or something like $2 that. two dollars for it was it was for editing it for was not peasant, only so so peasant so, wages so start no, but it was it's like short videos it's like tiktok length videos still tick, yo tiktok peasant is, wages yo and, tiktok is not a simple and app this I company you. this company targets specifically plus size women and it's and i see like every plus size content creator on tiktok either one has a shein sponsorship or two is working with this Second. third party company that wants the Shein reviews. Look, man. It's nuts. I, I understand that some people feel as though you need like a stepping stone in order to launch your career as a creator. But I promise you, losing out on so much money in the beginning, even if, like, it's, it's one thing to lose out on a little bit of money, but to dedicate the time to create videos, because 
even with a TikTok, yo, TikTok, it is not simple. I promise you, I it's tried not. it, and I have like some knowledge of like that is Y'all not be doing you, them transitions and shit. You, have ah. a, you, you legit have to plan it out like a YouTube video, yes. except it's just short form. Yes, it, it literally you in order to like create something good, you still have to put the effort you will put into a YouTube yeah. video. You just have to make. I it mean, shorter. obviously, they're not asking for that level of production, but it it was just such a ridiculous ask, and then I did not want to be associated with Shein professionally oh, in any so nasty, way that man. i took their money and blocked them i'm tired of exploitive it's companies nuts. and shit media companies i promise oh my god yeah but, so uh, like i just <laughs> it's it's just it was i think it was a shock to everyone that these people would associate their brand with Shein. yeah like and we didn't even even talk about what the 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 competition of show is. We just even just oh yeah. Like, so like briefly the competition. So what they what they have been doing for the last couple months is they have been running like an online competition called She and X, I believe, where people submitted designs like social media influencers and fashion content creators submitted designs that were produced by Shein. People vote, and then some of the people who were. Uh, voted on and the online competition are going to be included in the reality TV show blah 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 Jaden is probably going to be covering the actual reality TV show so look out for the sample size TikTok page because everything will be uploaded onto there but it just seems like a hot ass mess and like the online designs are literally like so the things that the influencers which they were supposed to be small like designers that sheen is allegedly helping out i looked at all of them they were all already established influencers and content creators and it's the just a marketing scheme yeah and the collections that they even submitted resemble shit that does not belong to them so it's just a vicious cycle and like I so I feel like Sheen is gaslighting everyone. Yeah, they are. They have to be. They're like, uh, we can do whatever the fuck we want because there's no copyright laws to stop us. Which so suck my dick. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? They it's crazy. They weren't even the first to do something like this. I think this might be like the biggest like I'm gonna call it a cover up rollout, like a <laughs> PR rollout. Yeah. But Fashion Nova literally just did this. Do you remember a couple months ago when they, Fashion Nova did that like small designer fund? No. Oh yeah, the designer fund. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they only gave it to like established brands anyway. Like this is like it's all just PR. It is. So to me, it screams like we know we're guilty, and there's nothing that you can fucking do about it. So here's this other monkey show over here. Oh my fucking gosh, man! This they is are insidious. They Open are literally eyes, super. Like we need Batman to come and take <laughs> down Sheen. Funny That's enough, how bad it is. Batman probably invested in Sheen. <laughs> Batman definitely owns a stake. No, because Batman believes in American imperialism, oh, not Chinese. So Batman will take down Sheen. <laughs> like but we need him like we need the justice league these people Somebody. are fucking evil bro like that's crazy oh my and then just God. to win a hundred thousand too that's a lot of money let uh-huh. me not let me not say it's not a lot of money yeah, but, but these are a hundred thousand dollars to motherfuckers who are already established yeah and who then, already are huge content creators my question is what happens with like the winner like do they like i know they believe i think it's like they win like a mentorship or something like that or from who la roach I th- la I roach I can re- only style zendaya what the fuck we gonna learn from him <laughs> Or like, so it's just a hundred k, and that's it. Like, are the I know I I know it's like profit splitting between Sheen and and designer. So it's not like I honestly, y'all tune into sample size on TikTok because I trust Jaden to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, we got our senior correspondent who knows 
what the fuck you talking about is gonna have to figure this out for us because yeah. i have no clue because this is a craziness and just i don't know i guess i guess if you want to get the money but money can't be that bad and talking about for right Rocha. to have the sh- to have the stink of sheen on you i think i guess they, they're like people are gonna forget about it no we're always gonna no, no 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 absolutely not i will <laughs> never forget this yeah. this is stained into my memory <laughs> So now we have all of the evidence against Miss Sheehan. Mm-hmm. We are going to get into the defense. This is the devil's advocate portion of the night where we are going to talk about why fucking copyright laws are so awful. Essentially, we're going to try to give Sheen a little bit better for the doubt that the reason they can do this is because technically they're not doing anything that's illegal. They just some moral right. they're just moral yeah. villains. <laughs> legally, legally they are not liable, but morally yeah. we know what it is. Yeah, sons of bitches. And before we get into the actual nitty gritty of it, let me ask you this. One point five. Go ahead, ask your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> Guess how much revenue she and reported in the year of twenty twenty or Lord and Savior the pandemic. Hmm. Twenty twenty. Yes. I wanna say it had to be six billion dollars close Woo-hoo-hoo! 10 billion dollars okay, in reported 10 was gonna revenue. Be my number but obviously i said six but yes. yeah <laughs> 10 billion dollars it was in the most visited fashion apparel site in the world and it is also the most downloaded shopping app on the apple app yep network. being amazon that's what they said in my podcast yeah glad that your podcast was right about one, one thing, thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you have to understand that oh like we're gonna get into the laws and stuff but like any small designer going up against Shein is going against that type and that's of crazy money that's 10 billion based off of like two dollar shirts 10 billion off of two dollar shirts in the middle of a global pandemic the worst year in how many years for e-commerce and they still managed to bowl in 10 billion dollars yeah niggas be too big man it <laughs> is I, I, I like as a designer you must feel like you are literally like about to fight the dragon from lord of the rings or some shit like there's there's just no physical way that you can be an entity with those types of resources uh, which is why I just feel I'm just so empathetic for these people, yeah. honestly. Um, yeah. So, okay. Before we get into the laws, you ha- we we kind of have to look at like Sheehan's business model again to really understand like how they are able to take advantage of um, the shitty laws. Mm-hmm. So their business model literally depends on overconsumption. Like they need you to buy these $3 shirts. They need the fashion cycle to be super fucking short. They need to be able to get these manufactured orders in, in small batches so it doesn't overwhelm their supply chain management um, or their supply, not management. That's the major supply chain mm-hmm. is the thing um yeah and like how how do how is overconsumption um developed you have things like the prevalence of thousand dollars hauls on tiktok yeah, that's crazy that's like spending like a million dollars somewhere else yeah so it's like think about it like how many influencers you've seen don't do those crazy oh opening three hundred dollars of Shein, opening five hundred dollars of Shein, and like 
how long do you think those clothes last? Not even. They probably just bought it for the video. They probably just bought it for the video. Wait, question. I never, well, I don't know. I don't think you shop for Shein too, but how, what is their return policy? I don't know. I doubt they have one. Their return policy is probably just throw it out. It was $2. <laughs> like, what the fucking return <laughs> like, like, what, do you, what do you want from us? Just like, what are you talking about? And <laughs> like, okay. So also I got into this particular like insidious marketing practice they do. Mm-hmm. So they are credited with being one of the first companies to sponsor like those alpha a day mm-hmm. content types. Have you seen those people on TikToks where mm-hmm. like their entire... I guess presence is just recording the outfit that they put on that day. No. So it's literally like conditioning your mind. Like these people every day, they edit a video of them getting dressed. And usually, I mean, obviously it is sponsored with she and pieces. So like, cause just continually over your, over time, their viewers are just being programmed to like purchase she and like, Oh, you know, I like the outfit she wore Wednesday. Let me go order it now. And then like, I can be just like this person. Like it's nuts. Um, so Yeah model completely is dependent on overconsumption because it allows them to be agile in their manufacturing processes. Crazy. <sighs> Jesus. All right. Now let's get into the fuck ups on the side of the legal system. So currently, um, even though, well, one, obviously, ch- uh, China, China. Wow. Why do I? Why am I like struggling so bad with my words today? <laughs> it's <sighs> party all night last yesterday. That and just like there's just so. It's honestly not even that. It's literally just because there's so much information to process in yeah. this, <laughs> and like I want to make sure that I'm hitting everything because like it just gets deeper and deeper. So basically, we all know, or we should just generally be aware of the fact that China does not have robust copyright laws at all. So, like, that's why, you know, you have your AliExpresses and, you know, designer bags and mm. stuff. It's notoriously known to be div- or manufactured in these garment districts in China because they do not have strict copyright ra- laws, especially ones that would pertain to international intellectual properties. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Honestly, there was like no point in me researching Chinese copyright laws since they pretty much don't exist. So I got into the American ones, which are actually really interesting because there's really nothing that like any of our federal agencies that are built to protect business owners and entrepreneurs can do about this either. So the current American copyright raw. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the I heard it. My brain—I've deep fried my brain this week. Honestly, the current American copyright law. Amen for that one. Does not allow companies to copyright quote useful things, at least not in their entirety. And this is from—that's not like what's on the books. That's like what the lawyer that I copied the art from the article said um but in human terms that basically means the designer is unable to claim like broad protections of for articles of clothing that like serve a basic function so for example um you can only copyright your unique aspects so like if you have like yeah. a developed a certain pattern or you use a certain font or a certain whatever it has to be a very specific feature you can't just say like oh, that person made, like, a shirt that's, like, mine because it's black with white text and blah, blah, blah. It has to be that specific. But then I wonder, in the case of... I'm sorry, Bailey yeah, Cardo, because it was crochet, would that contribute to this uniqueness? Obviously, that's going to be the case that, you know, they try to fight and 
any case. But us being um, non-degree lawyers, what do you think about that? Do you think that that will play a part? No. So when they're talking about like um, specific things, they're talking specifically like uh, company names, slogos, slogos, Slogan. slogans. That's not my fault because logos was the next sentence or the next word in the sentence. Mm. So company names, slogans, logos can all be trademarks. And then certain technical components, like if you are mixing a certain blend that can be copyrighted. But like the fact that her outfits were like pink and knitted can't be copyrighted. So if she had knitted like her logo into something and she and copied the you know logo. the the logo image then she might be able to do something but then internationally the yeah. yeah they would just create it with it we got their logo without the logo <laughs> <laughs> this is stressing me out so much nah, okay no, um yeah so basically copyright law forces a brand that wants to claim protection to show the creative elements of the larger garment and separate them out so that's what we're saying like uh patterns and logos and stuff so in order to skirt around this manufacturers basically just copy just enough so the final result is like visually recognizable to the original without copying anything that's trademarked yeah that's what we just said about the logos and shit which is why all of like she and she like she and never you actually she never does one of one copies it's always like a watered down version and that's just you know slipping them under mm -hmm. you know the legality so like her knitted all her bailey's collection is knitted none of sheen's collection was knitted it was just like a fuzzy kind of material that in like Imitates. copies mm -hmm. yeah the look of knitted <sighs> so just very very slippery um you know and so basically like my research basically led me to the conclusion that like music, drama, literature in America are treated as art, but fashion laws are treated like a manufacturing thing and not like an artistic thing, mm -hmm. which is why we have basically only trademarking as any protection. But in Europe, because they've had like fashion houses since, you know, the beginning of the artistic renaissance in Europe, their laws are actually very very expansive and like they really do cover everything about the artistic process of designs no this makes me interested I, i'm pretty sure there has to be a specific reason why they're, they're like either like obviously companies lobbying against it but there has to be a reason why it's been treated like manufacturing even from the beginning I, 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 like in well, because when the copyright laws were put on the books i believe the year was 1976 mm -hmm. we didn't have like fashion houses we had industrial manufacturing so the artistic components and like the intellectual property was not considered in the writing of the laws because like clothes weren't art yet like clothes weren't respected as art there are no there were no i don't want to say there were no um great american house like fashion houses in the 70s but were there i don't think so no i can't think of any when did when did ralph lauren start probably later than that i don't know i'll look into it right now but even it might have been in the 80s ralph lauren might have started in the 80s yeah but like there were great designers, but they were not great companies is mm. what they were trying to say. All of like the great fashion companies were based in Europe. Yeah. 
That's so that's so whack. America is so corny, man. They're so boring. Yeah. Oh, America, Ralph Lauren was founded in sixty seven. In sixty seven. Yeah, but pay, probably they weren't as popular then. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. there, okay. So there are they, like. Oh wait, I'm sorry. I'm just reading this. This quick Google it says. Yeah, go ahead. Lauren was started in sixty seven, but with men ties, and obviously men ties. Ties, aren't, aren't yeah. Like, That's so, not a large scale yeah. kind of thing. And he, even in this, it says it was a tie manufacturer versus yeah. like a tie designer. Yeah. yeah. So again, manufacturing was more of the priority versus protecting artistic property. Yeah, but there, I mean, there are like exceptions. Like you can do this thing called the trade dress, which is a specific trademark in which a design is deemed so recognizable that the average consumer associates it with the brand and brands can register said designs as a trade dress with the US patent and trademark they, do office. Do you know of any examples of people under those protections? I was going to say this this exception literally only works for already huge established companies. So like if you make like what is what's an American brand fashion house? Um, Ralph Lauren that we just said. Uh if you make like a Rockaware Shout out to Rockaware. Hoodie, you know, then the next person can't make a Rockaware hoodie because it might be recognized as that as opposed to like a small designer who's knitting shit on fucking etsy no one recognizes is is recognizes it as hers until she gets her shit stolen so she can't even apply under this trade dress law it literally again only helps big companies because that's the only thing that america cares about at all so yeah i mean it's it's literally again layers and layers to this like even if they weren't even if they weren't uh a chinese based company mm-hmm. like they would unfortunately like small designers would still get fucked over because america doesn't have said protections either so it's like we can't even like sneer at china and be like oh you know look how behind they are when america itself does not even have the same protections yeah nonsensical to me it's so crazy and you know it's also crazy they also got away from paying a lot of import taxes for many 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 years because technically they weren't manufacturers so they themselves were not importing anything the actual manufacturers had to cover those import taxes so sheen is just nasty they, even the people that they're in, like quote-unquote employing they they forced that on them I mean, because they weren't for many years, they weren't a manufacturer. Yeah, because they're like a drop house, you said. Exactly. And that's why they still, even though they have their own manufacturing capability, they still do like, you know, contracts with others, with the small to medium outside Mm -hmm. manufacturers, because those are the people that are turning around like the really viral stuff. So they need those in small batches and they do those quickly. And then more of like the Shein motif and more of like the basic stuff that's always going to be worn or manufactured by Shein's actual companies. It is literally so insidious. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Wall Street loves Shein because they cutting all the corners and getting all the money. I mean, like, they got to. They got to. But, I mean, it's a Chinese-based company, so they might... I'm sure there's American dollars invested in it somewhere. I don't think it's, like, Shein is, like, held in high regard by, like, American capitalists. Um, Yeah, and I'm not even going to... They've Shein is actually revolutionary in, like, the world of fast fashion itself, Mm -hmm. but we'll save that for episode two because we'll talk about the industry as a whole there and i just really wanted to focus what they were revolutionary about 
So fast fashion is actually the the origins of fast fashion were actually accredited to Zara, mm -hmm. but when the Sheans and Fashion Novas came along, they basically developed ultra fast fashion, which is being able to detect when something is going viral or whenever a trend right. is happening and being able to turn that around in a week. But we will get that into part two. So now that we have all of the information from the Sheehan investigation, I have some preliminary verdict questions for you. Mm -hmm. Where you as the jury, as the as the yes, that's I. stock character for the listener will be able <laughs> to provide your perspective. Yes. So first, let's get into it. One, do you think Sheehan will ever be held accountable for their thievery? No, not if, in the current state of all U.S. law is, unless there is like somebody yep. lobbying for small designers for or for just fashion designers in general, big or small, but mainly the small designers. It's, it's going to be that way because that's really what it is. They have the protections around them. It's not like they like we said they're not doing anything legal, illegal. I'm sorry, they're mm -hmm. not they're not doing anything crazy. It's just that it's just morally wrong, and then you know who when it comes down to morals it's all about a basis of opinion and you can always uh, argue against you know something being morally whatever whatever depending yeah. on your moral so unfortunately i think she and they they picked the i mean they they know what they're doing they picked the right line of business they know mm -hmm. that okay we don't share what we want to do we don't care you know and i'm sure they probably have some of the best legal minds ever yeah, they're, they're, the contract they had to be thinking about it like just like okay this is what we can do let's knock it out mm -hmm. like i said and then the crazy part is just how quickly they create the thing so you have to like know that you're going to be straight because you know you don't want to waste time creating something you can't even sell yeah whoever developed that algorithm is a dangerous person yeah, Very dangerous video. person. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. Verdict question number two. Do you think Sheehan's business model of ultra fast fashion is sustainable? Not in context of environment, but in context of business. Yeah, acumen. I, got, I got you. I don't think it's going to be. I think eventually it's going to fade away. We're going to, we even see now that yes, fast fashion is important. But and it's tied into the environmental mm -hmm. thing, right? It's more so like people are, are like becoming more value shoppers, you know, depending yeah. on where it's so it's like we're we're thrifting. So you can't thrift the Shein. What are you going to get? Like people who thrift, you're not going to get a lot back one. And then two it's not going to last long enough for you to be able to thrift it. So that's not going to be sustainable. And then so that's going to that's the trend that fashion is moving towards to. And that's yeah. how I view it. And then secondly, is like Sheen is basing off of trends. And right. trends are so fickle sometimes, and like if they if their arg algorithm starts to lag behind in any sense of the word, it's just gonna start. Nobody's gonna really care That's about Sheen. If yeah. the way they're able to to gobble up like social media engagement and spit out you know their in additions, like they haven't missed yet. Like yeah. in the last three four years, they have not missed at all. There's not a single trend that has happened that Sheen has not had their grubby fingers in yeah i, I think it's gonna as, as the um gen z grows older like i'm not saying it's gonna crumble in like five or ten years i'm mm -hmm. saying within 20 years 25 years yeah she is not gonna be as big as they are and then they're gonna you know they're gonna i think lose. the un will literally storm sheen's headquarters <laughs> and start a, a nato alliance war against them, uh, honestly because when we once we get into like the environmental impact someone gonna have to stop them it's not going to be us on TikTok and Twitter and shit, no, but the UN not. better put their fucking armies to use. 
start marching um okay so say worst worst case scenario worst nightmare ever you wake up you're an artist you put in all your blood sweat and tears into this collection you get an igdm and boom sheen has all of your latest collection on their front page for 2.99 how are you reacting and how would you handle it honestly this is tough because it's i I'm not even in the situation and I could just see how debilitating and how depressing it is because especially if I like, I'm assuming that I'm a small designer that doesn't really have, you know, yeah. I'm making just less than hundred. Yeah, I'm making less than a hundred K in revenue. Only 15 K followers on IG. Exactly. And then, and then it's like, I can't fight with like lawyers, the law is on their side. So what am I really going it, to, it's tough, man. My hope. And the only thing I can hope for is just that my core audience still supports me. And then like, I just, mm-hmm transcend from it and just become big enough of the artist that they can't steal from me anymore i'm just it is what it's gonna be at, the, at that point it is what it's gonna be is it's gonna, i can yeah. only be sad and then just try to motivate myself to like just like okay this happened let me just just try to create something that's gonna help me elevate honestly yeah that's it that, that literally that's my only option i can't think of anything else how about you yeah so there's this girl who uh, she makes like um she makes like kind of like I would describe it as like Rick Owens for bad bitches. It's called CM Studios and she gets her stuff stolen from these manufacturers a lot, too. And she basically was like, at first, it really did used to get to me mentally and it really used to like, you know, fuck me up and, and make me not optimistic about my future as a business owner. But realistically, my target audience is like of a certain economic standard they care about like quality you know they're able to purchase my items at the price point that i determine for my work so i'm just thankful that i my target audience is not the one shopping at Shein. so i just i can't let it bother me anymore and i thought that was like a really yeah you just have emotionally to, solid yeah. approach to it you have to like you're gonna it's gonna be tough in the beginning like i'm not saying like oh pretend like it's not no that anything getting stolen hurts and then you know you gotta like just see like okay i gotta really just lean into my core and like make sure they're supporting me because she and that is just a lot man it's a lot and then the yeah. fact that and then i think even the hardest part is like have like for me it's not like having your, your work stolen yes that sucks but then having the company that stole it devalue it so like now yeah. people are coming to you thinking like who the fuck are you trying to charge right. so much when and you know what's crazy i've seen that too so like remember when the tlz mm-hmm. lafemme stuff was shaking out and mm-hmm. she was being exposed for being strange or whatever <laughs> someone had like posted a screenshot of an aliexpress listing that was clearly the designer wearing her design but the girl had posted it implying that she stole it from there the tlz lafemme is like a drop shipped company and i'm like that's literally the designer in the picture like she's wearing prototypes of that pant in the picture imagine how fucking shitty it would feel to like design something and then just have I mean, because the cycle moves so fucking fast. You're getting accused of stealing the shit that you designed. That shit would, that would absolutely drive me bonkers. Yeah, that's just, I don't know. And then, and then I I honestly truly do have to blame consumers more than even Shein because nobody likes to do the the research. Everything wants to come easy. Like, 
like it's like okay i want something like even and i'm about to like expose myself because like even in this conversation i'm like like because one of my like fashion things i want to do outside of like changing my style is supporting more small businesses mm-hmm. but it's just so tough for me to like find the businesses that i want to support that is quality yeah. and all that because like it's one thing to support people but i don't want i don't i don't i don't want to support people just because I, that's at least that's not my mantra i'm going to support because i think you what you're really selling is quality versus Absolutely. you know just supporting just support like all oh, your small brand fighting a big that's not gonna warn me over. absolutely yeah. so it, and it's just tough finding those businesses and i'm like i was i was like oh, what can i do to like I, I just have to do the research of just finding these brands or if yeah. you guys want to help me out just you know at me and tell me all these small People brands are, that you guys are like for genuinely, men genuinely when i see us because we we were just talking about this pre-show when i see like people who wear like average clothing sizes complain about oh everything is either bbl fashion or super cheap or da 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 i'm like no you're just not looking past major retailers because there's literally a whole universe of options for people who are not extremely or you know extreme or there's there's a whole world of options for people who are not large or extremely small so maybe you just can't dress or maybe you just don't know how to shop or maybe you're just lazy but like when people complain about that it's like no like you, we got to take some responsibility for this ourselves because realistically like you see how this built this business is built to they have literally built their business model around skirting legalities and accountability so again we're going to get into this into episode 2 but like mm-hmm. we as a as a people as human beings we got to get better about yeah. this shit yeah all right last question if you had the ability to change the copyright laws, I'll say in America and internationally, what would you do? It's tough because part of the reason why it's not protected, I sort of understand it because like clothing itself, it's like, you know, how can you really copyright a t-shirt, right? Um, so I guess like it's all about knocking out the details that allow brands to say okay i was the first to create like yes this is a this is a, a top or whatever a cross halt to the top but i was the fr- i was one of the first i was the first you have to prove like you were the first to design it in a way that that changed it's i guess functionality would be the, the first route yeah that is easiest to copyright and then when it comes to design how how unique is it from what is on the market right like in terms of like okay i think when it comes to design itself functionality is probably going to be the 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 best and easiest way to make it unique but in terms of like design you know color choice prints are sort of um protected like we already discussed yeah but like you know how can we do it in a sense because like it's funny enough because even prior to recording this episode i saw like this tweet on twitter like where somebody was like oh kylie's about to come up with her um own swimwear right yeah and somebody was like oh i already had a that looks similar to yeah i already had like a a cross body yeah uh, swimwear but like it's not that kylie's copying it's just like crossbody swimwears are like a trend right now so it's like you might, it might look where do similar. we draw the line yeah like where do you draw the line between like yeah. what is the designer versus like what is just the trend and it just looks too similar yeah so and then you, and then you have to like play both sides in a way i think the answer is is going to be technology because if we have the technology to to develop algorithms that determine like what trends in fashion are happening so people can manufacture these clothes then i'm sure that some of these federal agencies 
and like these international agencies can develop an algorithm to like see. scan through copyright applicants and see and just be able to assess a garment individually and be like okay these are all the unique components there's nothing else similar to this in our database we're going to allow these protections to it because it passed whatever algorithm like we have the resource and and resources and technology to develop programs like that i just think nobody wants on an international like lawmaking level people see the fashion industry as frivolous so they're not going to dedicate any time to developing any of these protections and it's like yeah yeah obviously it's vanity frivolous and greed and all that shit too but you're also hurting like a lot of small people like 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 we said like with the with the dress trademarking process these big companies have their little loopholes to get protected it's really the small people that are still getting fucked over so i think until the mindset around the industry and how it's viewed is changed then unfortunately like it's not gonna happen but we do have the capability to change yeah. it yeah it, 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 it just like when it comes to issues when it, especially when it comes to politics it's never about the constituents we know this this is not the truth the truth is who's gonna fund the effort behind right. it you need people lobbying against it and businesses are usually ones that lobby against causes that changes law because they if you change the law you get to you get some type of benefit for their business yeah. so we need to find these value-based consumers that really have to put like a, a percentage towards you know these cop these small business because it's really about small business protection right because all yeah. these lvmhs they don't care they know that if they're you copy protected. they if you copy it nobody's gonna want like they're and they they're make so, so much money that like the 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 lost value of like whatever stolen or copied goods is not even gonna exactly matter to like them. it's so they're they've bought so they have so much value in their like their brand that is like okay if you people make fun of people who buy knockoffs right so they don't even have to do any work for them so it's like okay yeah. you you have a hundred dollars yeah it's already baked yeah in. exactly versus you know i have to buy a thousand dollar coach bag or whatever so like little so like it had it, ha it just has to be uh, a, a ceo or who leads a fashion house that wants to put the effort into these laws because is that's literally the only way it's going to happen because she and they don't they're not going to try to protect it um you know so all this stuff it has to and 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 it might not even have to be a small business. I mean, it might not be, have to be one business. It could be a collective of small businesses. You know, they always say a whole. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know the term. I don't feel like thinking right now. But like a, a whole something. I get it. Well, though. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. But basically, so like I don't know. It, it's going to take a collective effort, and that's the biggest thing. A lot of like, and fashion really is not about collectivism. It's all about you know uniqueness. I'm the one that did it first. I'm the one that did it first. Instead of okay, let's work yeah. together to protect. It might not protect us now in the now, but people who come in after us and this is going to protect the world of fashion and that's why it's important so somebody it has to be a, a big ass pr campaign somebody has to do it honestly and truly and you know that 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 needs to be the role that needs to be played well hopefully we'll see a mindset shift in you know mm -hmm. the next couple of generations but no, i doubt it honestly. in the case of sheen versus you know the everyone world. they've harmed <laughs> yeah. i think sheen is gonna get away scot-free yeah they are unfortunately yeah, yeah they are honestly
Yep. And, and the gavel. Yeah. That, uh, so we come to the verdict that <laughs> <laughs> you guys get to Shein is free only because we can't right. we can't pin any illegal. I'm sorry. We, they got we, the Johnny we Cochran. Only, we can only call them bad people. If we the can't, glove don't yeah. fit, you must acquit. Exactly. Because the glove did not fit at all. So I mean. Look, we understand people shop at Shein for, you know, affordability, and we're never going to be chastising anybody that does that. You know, money yeah, is money. Again. And we're going to get into it because part two, the theme of the investigation is the marginalized communities that actually need fast fashion are not the ones responsible responsible for stopping it. So that's what we're going to be exploring in the second part of sample size investigations the case against sheehan dun dun thank you so much for tuning in i really had a ton of fun uh researching and producing this episode yeah and i had fun just being on a jury and listening in because yeah yeah sheehan is a hell of a company and you figured we gave we gave you enough rants yeah we needed to to go back a little bit of substance (laughs) yeah and defeat the huns and and Sheehan defeated us if we're yeah, being honest. Yeah, and we're being honest. They they won this case, you know. Um, so that you know, I don't know. Just you make your own case against Sheehan. I'm sure you probably listening have bought one thing from Sheehan. That's we just how. Have. Just shit, ha- half of my gym clothes are from Sheehan. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't even know they sell men's so, so I haven't bought. It. But yeah, um, I definitely bought from ASOS. I'm not saying I don't buy fast fashion, but um, yeah, and we're gonna get because ASOS are in them. They're not innocent either. So yeah, they're not at all. Um, but yeah. You know, this is the end of today's episode. Tune in yes. next, I mean, not next week, in two weeks for a second part of just fashion, fast fashion and looking at, taking a in closer look. In defense of fast fashion. Mm, we, got, we see, we already thought about the episode title already. Yes. So, um, yeah, definitely tune in. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, if you did, make sure you review us and give us five stars. And make sure you follow us on wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Um, and then if you want to just follow along outside of the podcast, follow along what we're doing in the world of sample size media, you can follow us on social media, at our Instagram sample size pod at the current moment. Hint, hint, hint. Um, mm. um, that's on TikTok as well. And that's yes. on Twitter as well. And yes. you can, and you can follow me on Twitter and tw- on Instagram and TikTok at yeah. Tone Bone. <laughs> okay. T O N E period B, the number zero N E. And on Twitter is the same as Tone Bone, T O N E, except it's an underscore B, the number zero N E. And I am Yano, Y E A H N O E, on everything except Twitter, where I am Yano with two E's. And yeah, if you learned anything from this episode, please, please, please share it with a friend, your group chat on Twitter. And don't just say, check out this episode, send them the link. You know, because you know we're lazy. You you, you tell us to listen to some, and and you don't physically take their phone and subscribe to our podcast exactly. So they can all platforms. And if you and if you don't want to be aggressive like that, just send them the link. At least then they can just click on the episode. Tell send them your favorite episode. You know, it doesn't have to be this episode. Just something that you really enjoyed, and you know they want to listen to it. So, um, yeah, please don't just you know tell them about us. Just send it to them. We need some action. You know. We can only grow with the help of you. And if one person tells All right, another no person. All right, no more begging. Bye, guys. <laughs> okay, thank you, followers. Bye. Bye.